wants to play. This is oh. Dio. Oh, hey, Dio. Hi, Dio. Hey, buddy. And that's Lemmy. Oh, great dog. Hi, Lemmy. Yeah, my, <laughs> my, my boy Beelzebub is around here somewhere. Greetings, everyone. It is the Metal Gods podcast. And as usual, you've got George. You've got Tom. You've got Dev. And you've got another podcast coming. Hell yes. Cheers, everyone. Nailed it on the first try. Beautiful. Couldn't have done it better myself. Excellent. It's all about writing shit down. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Oh, please. With my ADHD ass brain, I have to. Yes. Same. What are you drinking over there? For me, I've got a cup of room temperature water. Not feeling 100% today, so I thought I'd avoid the beer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm doing water as well, uh, but mine yeah. is um, ice. Ah, very nice. Extra okay. cold. You got, see, like, you've got Agua de Rocks. I've got Agua de Neat. Yes. George, what about you? Having just a crisp, lovely old Sam Adams summer ale. One mm, of my go to season. Yeah. You were yeah, really getting pretty warm. It hit 78 degrees outside today where I live. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> What's your ideal you temperature, were, Tom? Like I, about 25? Yeah, that's like I usually like anything below 40 is perfect for me. And when it gets into the warmer season, 60 is that sweet spot. But 40 and under is where I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy. That's cool. That's oh, cool. I, I mean, that's most of the hot. year in New York, to be fair. I, I mean, listen, this is what I say to everyone. Like, the heat wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't so humid. Like, I was working Or if you on, could peel off your layers of skin to, yeah, well, to even shed better. some of that heat. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but listen, that's painful and quite difficult. I guess this is a great segue into introducing our guest. Listeners, please welcome to the show, Deb Levine, frontwoman of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, heavy metal band, Lady Beast. And I believe you've got four albums and two EPs to your name. Is that right? And a whole lot of touring. Um, let me see. One, two, three, four. Four albums and two EPs. Yes. All right. Yeah. I got my shit straight. Deb, cool. wel- Deb, welcome to the show. Thank you. It is great to be here. I am excited to talk about one of my favorite bands. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm excited to have you. Like, I've just been looking forward to this because as soon as I heard your cover of Ram It Down, I said, I know who would be a perfect guest for this mm-hmm. show. 
Definitely. Yeah. I just and listened to that cover for the first time today. Fucking stellar job, by the way. Cool. Thanks. Yeah, it's weird to think that that was recorded 10 years ago. Wow, that's wild. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, you're becoming a band with something of a long history yourself or getting there at least. For sure. Yeah, I think we're uh, going on 13 years of being a band or 14 years. That is an impressive yeah. lifespan so far. That is ex- and extremely respectable. And, you know, listen, here's to another 13 or 14 years. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I say to people. I'm like, you know, you can have these really insane goals and like have your head in the stars. Um, or you can realize like that small accomplishments like are just as important. Sure. Um, where like to me, just having this group together for so long is probably the biggest accomplishment of the band today. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to keep a band together. It's hard to get five people all on the same page, having that motivation, wanting to do shit, you know? You just like ebb and flow with everyone's need. And if people can't do that, it's almost impossible to work together. Yeah. It be a lot of give and take. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, for sure. It's a C word. Compromise. You, um, compromise. Thank you. Lots of compromising, you know? Yeah, for sure. Lots of C words. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the, like, no, like cocaine. Of, it was actually like cocaine. That it was, was actually crap. Was yeah. That's the thing about being in a band too. Like, if there's no compromise on either the part of one person or on the part of the whole band, guaranteed you will spin your wheels in the mud forever. For sure. Yeah, I mean, and you would probably know that as well as anyone in your yeah. own personal journeys. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, there are those bands who have the single member with the strong creative vision. Yeah. But if you are one of those types of people, then you got to let the other band members know from the start, hey, listen, uh, you guys are hired to play my songs and this is how it is. And right. if that's what you're signing up for. You got to be OK with that. Yeah, 100%. for sure. You really hit the nail on the head with that. Have you guys seen that uh, movie called Hired Guns on Netflix? I cannot say I have. Would you uh, no. care to give us the scoop? It is basically a documentary about like hired musicians, like Alice Cooper's guitar players, um, most of Billy Joel's band. Um, they're all hired guns, basically, that always need to be on the top of their game because there's no guarantees. There's no double year contract kind of thing so it was just interesting hearing the perspective of these people who really give it all Mm. to be a part of like a band or music and have no loyalty or guarantees that like they will continue on to the next tour for some musicians though that seems like the path because let's be honest there are people out there who just want to play music but they just don't have the songwriting spark or they don't have Or maybe even they don't have the desire to write songs and maybe they just want to be top of players and the sort of hired gun things gives them a place where they can take their talents. 100%. Oh yeah, no, that makes total sense to me. It was wild just hearing how emotionless and loyalless the music industry is to these people that work so hard. 
do you know they're kind of like um, mercenaries in a sense it's like you know your product sure. which is your skill as a musician that is your word and you know it's like if you start to slip well you're not a part of the songwriting process you're not do any loyalty royalties you're not like you're just playing what i write so it's like dude if you slip up i'll find someone who's i'll find someone else right and our band's so super tight so to me you know that's just a wild thought yeah you know like, we're just like a, a, a group you know yeah gojira has never had a lineup change in the 20 plus years they've existed and that that's so wow. rare wow that, that's yeah crazy. they that affords you a certain type of creativity and vision that you don't get from session musicians like when you are that in sync as a band and that emotionally connected and artistically connected that's how you get albums like fortitude which are just these immense undertakings of passion and musicianship yeah mm -hmm. and that's well said tom i think that connects back to our topic at hand as well because mm -hmm. judas priest had that songwriting core of halford tipton downing and it was always the three of them on all together on all those best-selling albums. So Deb, like to that end, would you say that you and your bandmates are like a real locked in team with a singular vision for Lady Beast? Oh yeah, 100%. members of the band well i guess me adam and twiz are the longest members in the band our original bass player who originally started the band with me quit in 2020 so we got a new bass player amy we've had a couple lineup changes along the way for sure but um our main core of people that include the three of us and then adam's brother andy who's been our lead guitar player mm since the metal immortal ep in 2017 yeah we have a core we have a sound like yeah. there's no new stuff coming out but we just keep innovating and maturing the the sound that we've created which is taking parts of all of our favorite kinds of heavy metal and making them into like our own thing i can see that in your music it sounds like 
from first album to the most recent EP, there's been a pretty consistent, we know what our sound is. For sure. And I think that each album just keeps getting better and better and better. And it's nice um, having those as permanent milestones to track our growth and be like, wow, cool. Like there is something to like, we practice every fucking week, you know, like we don't miss practice. Um, whether we have shows coming up or not, like it's important to us to get together and practice. Yeah. It's part of the sort of, uh, family aspect of being a band, just, you know, being together and having everyone there and knowing that you all have the commitment to the project, whether you're actively getting ready for a show or trying to write something new, like even if it's just to get together for a jam, like it's the point of being there together. For sure. 100%. And we have friends that aren't into that. Like we, we have friends that are in bands that don't ever get together, you know, only get together to practice when they have shows. Mm. And some people don't like to practice. So it's interesting just seeing everyone's different preferences, you know, but I'm glad that everyone in our band Mm. does appreciate that together time. Um, Even if they're hungover. Especially and if maybe would rather be in bed, uh, but it. they're still there. <laughs> yeah, I remember That's playing awesome. playing in a band like, and it, if you're not, I mean, like practicing every week is great for making a tight sound. But if you're also like, I don't know, I was with this band for three years and we weren't writing like new material or anything like that, and it just got so boring after a while. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't switch it up, it's like it's definitely a recipe for resentment. Mm. Oh, dude. And that's why you always need progress. Yeah. That's why you always need progress. Yeah, dude. We had no progress for three years and uh, I don't want to get into it. Yeah. Well, yeah, that that's not our subject for uh, exactly. (laughs) But you know what? That'll be for another time. Deb, we're here to interview you. And so and give uh, us like if you if you would share with us, like, what was your first experience with Priest? And why did you choose Ram It Down for today's episode? Well, let's see. I believe, you know, I had probably similar experience to Judas Priest as most people probably hearing their hits on like the local radio stations, right? First time I heard Judas Priest on my own was in high school. So it wasn't when I was like a kid, but British Steel was the first album that I found. And I picked it because it was the year I was born. Nice. Um, nice. So I started playing it and I was always like a theater kid. Like I loved musicals. I loved singing. Like I love singing. It's like my favorite thing to do. So when I heard the vocals, when I heard like, you know, uh, fucking um, battering ram, you know, I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. And um, even the cheesy song, that United song, you know, I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> Tom's I not a like, fan. <laughs> I w- it's cheesy as hell, but I was like, okay, dude, I think this is like a thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, well, hey, as much shit as that song gets, let me say, the riff that starts the song is fat. You think it's going to be a dope song, and then, it's not, right. and then it gets into it, and you're like, oh. This is like weird America. I mean, it just made me feel weird America. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, where somehow they like, were more oh. weird America as a British band than a lot of American bands are. But I get it too. It's right. like you want it's a song where you want everyone doing this in the audience, like. Well, and that's something that's so classic heavy metal, right? And that's they like wanted the it so to be many, there. Uh, 
Yeah, that's we what, will like, rock that you. People almost expect you to like have those those anthematic songs and like to be honest, I feel like that's why people didn't get what we were doing for a long time. Because like we don't write songs just like for people to sing along with them. We write stuff because like it's what we like and like it's just what we happen to do and the lyrics I wrote, you know. But uh you it's it's funny when you like write a rocker intentionally for people to chant along. They just always love those songs. Yeah. You know, because they're just so easy to sing along to. Sure. Like a good metal anthem is a rare and special thing. Totally. For it's sure. It's got to come from the heart. It, it can't does, come off as... It can be really cliche and cheesy. Right. Yeah. Like say yeah, what you will sure. about Manowar, but some of their anthems are real bangers and you do get like that adrenaline from it almost. No, for sure. Totally. Ross the Boss is just crazy. Yeah, but going back, uh, so now that we've oh, gone yeah. down so, the rabbit so hole of United. British Steel, right? So, yeah, so British Steel, my first album that I got from them, um, started dabbling, but still didn't really get, like, straight up, like, exclusively into heavy metal right away because um, there weren't that many local heavy metal bands where I was from at the time. It was it was a lot of punk. Were we talking about, like, mid-90s? Yeah. Um, no, this would be like after I graduated from high school. So like early 2000s. Gotcha. And priest was not really a thing back then. Well, they were, but with like Blake, uh, with, uh, Blake, wait, Tim. No, with, uh, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Tim Ripper. Yeah. They were, um, they so didn't they actually, have a big following at that point, I would say. And they actually did come through and it, they played at this really small club. I didn't go because I you know, I, I didn't care for the singer, but yeah, it was just so crazy to think back to that. Also, Motorhead, when they were going through a dry spell, played at that really small club, too. It was just like, what the fuck? So wild um, thinking of a but, band like Priest playing in a club. Totally. Well, yeah, I do. Have that was the like, reality of that time period in metal. But then I saw. So I've seen Priest three times. And um, at least three, possibly four. Uh, but I wrote down three because I remember those. I have a very bad memory. But one of the times was in this place an hour outside of Pittsburgh called Johnstown. And it was at the War Memorial. Like the only thing that's happened in Johnstown was that there was a flood. There's a <laughs> museum about the flood. It's like Johnstown Oof. is not popping, right? Yeah. So we go see depressing. Judas Priest thinking it's going to be like a major concert. There were barely any people there. I mean, I'm saying there were maybe like 300 people there, tops. Damn, that's a but it was story. amazing because it shit. was so intimate. Yeah, was I was so fucking intimate, and like, Clint like looked at me and he smiled at me, and I was oh. like, ah! "See, that's got to be know? the nice trade-off." Is like, you, like, how many times are you gonna ever like have that experience of like, oh my god, like. Rob Halford just made eye contact with me. 100%. And, and like, although, like, I felt bad, like, if that maybe affected them, I was going to take, like, a selfish moment and just be like, wow, this was perfect. Hey, listen, <laughs> I doubt they'll be going back to Johnstown. And I sincerely hope that they let everyone move up to fill the empty seats in front. <laughs> oh, it was it was before there were seats in, like, the pit. Oh, words. You know what I mean? Like, yep. like we have that now. Just yeah. like pit. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like, hate um, the last two times we saw Priest, which was the Notre Dame. No, that was the Notre Dame tour. I also saw them with Heaven and Hell when Dio reunited with them. That was a good uh, one. And went on tour with Motorhead and Priest. Mm-hmm. But generally now when you go to like a metal show, which was the last time we saw Priest for the Firepower tour, there's seats in the general admission. What are they trying to say? They're trying to say the fan base is a little too old to be standing. <laughs> I I don't know, but it, it it really does kill the buzz, you know. Sure, I like to move like... around and like uh, that yeah. was pre-COVID too, so it was it was a little, you know, it just both get weird. Both times we've seen them was at Prudential Center, and both times they had s- seats. And it was all Long Island. One was New Jersey, but yeah, oh, they I had we saw both times. Wow, and dude, they looked ex- those venues looked exactly the same. That's wild. But yeah, I mean, people were standing anyway. Yeah, even but I understand where Deb is coming from too, like wanting to move around. Fuck, man, I, I would do. I would like start a circle pit to painkiller. Yeah, dude, I can't sit down during painkiller. What oh, are you crazy? You're out of your no. And then trying to just stand in your tiny little square in front of your chair. You don't have any room. You know, that's not enough space for me. So you got into Priest when Ripper Owens was the singer, but you did get to see them live a few times, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, personally, both of us have gotten to see Judas Priest in the Halford reunion era. Obviously, uh, we weren't born for the original era. I mean, not to make all you listeners feel old. Uh, we wish we were born then so we could have oh, seen the band. Dude, for yeah. sure. I wish that I would have been alive when the live vengeance tour happened. You know, mm. the, the, I, for me, that's priest at like their absolute prime, their peak. For sure. It is hard seeing them now. How so? Rob just looks well, super so duper old. old. I mean, he is. Old, you know, and I'm yeah. glad that he's still doing it, but like, and he does sound good and it's fun, but like, there is something to be said about, um, like how I was saying, like, you know, when you see growth and improvement on every album, and I still have been enjoying the new Priest albums, like mm. Firepower was so dope. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're like improving though. Consistently awesome. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, the live performing too, I just feel like you know, it, it's a really sensitive person too. So like, mm. I I can make up things in my head and like, but I know last time I saw him, I was like, I felt a little sad, you know, and I think it's just because I care about him and his legacy. Mm. And like, it's weird to think about getting older. 
you know, and when do you Time call comes it a for day? all of us. Mm. Yeah. And like, when do you call it a day, you know? And I mean, I, I guess it depends on your perspective too, on the matter. Cause like, you know, some bands, it seems like metal. And I think I've talked about this before has a certain longevity to it that other genres of music simply don't have for whatever sure. reason. One thing I do deeply sort of lament is that I didn't get to see Priest when um, Ken and Glenn were still part of the lineup. You know, I didn't get to see them when Glenn was in the band either. I mean, when we saw them, uh, we saw them on the 30th of March and Glenn Andy did Steve come and out. Richie Faulkner. Yeah. And oh, cool. Don't, and don't Glenn get had me the wrong. cameo. Yeah. Yeah. Glenn had a cameo. He played. Um, my songs. favorite song, Metal Gods. He played. Nice. Um, was a break in the law, uh-huh. and was he there? What was the third one? Uh, would have been Hellbent for what? No, uh, Living After Midnight. Oh yeah, that makes sense. And it is definitely like there's this there's this Hi, sense of like, <laughs> man, it's so cool that he keeps fighting, and like no matter what, he's gonna come out on stage and play whenever he can. But so fucking sad that it's like, oh man, dude, he can like barely play these songs now because his condition has deteriorated so bad right for yeah. sure on the sure. one hand you hate to see your heroes fall but on the other hand when they're on stage like you can visibly see they're doing the best damn performance they're physically capable of and you gotta have a respect for that it's like okay a 70 year old man obviously isn't gonna sing like a 25 year old man yeah but he's still up here doing it and he's not ready to call it quits. And I respect the hell and out of it. People still want it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I am different never thing if like, plane. Yeah. It'd be a different thing if the stadiums were empty, but they're not. Yeah. The, like, you know, so people still do out. want it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When I saw Victim of Changes and the way that Rob was just nailing every screen perfectly that night for yeah. our show in particular, it made me feel like, it's just it's okay for them to keep going if they yeah. want. Like I'm for sure. You're oh, still definitely. putting on a few awesome shows. Sure, totally. Yeah, yeah. As long as as long as you know they're happy. Yeah. And the fans are happy. Yeah. You know, for sure. No one's, was... no one's complaining about Rob Halford the way they are about Bon Jovi these days. No, no. Oh wait, what's going no. on? Have you heard about that? Me. No, you're gonna have to fill me in. Well, Tom, yeah. if you uh Google or if you YouTube Bon Jovi Live 2022, the results are going to speak for themselves instantly. Not to shit on a legend, you know, he's clearly oh, having a hard time. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. It's gotcha. hard. Yeah, dude. It's hard being yeah. a singer. Yeah. I know that sounds like weird, but like it really is difficult. Like I don't even know how these people sing night after night after night. Yeah. Can you I even mean, imagine when, uh, Bruce Dickinson? doing what was it 180 shows in 1985 God, for the power yeah. slave tour and yeah, that's mm. gotta like take even if you are singing like with all the proper technique and warming up and precaution that's gotta do something to your vocal cords right i would think so yeah you would need major control yeah i mean listen when we saw priest there was an electricity i was like ecstatic and blown away and i was like 
like so jubilant about it that like when he was hitting notes and like certain songs were coming on and I was like, just like laughing almost because I was so excited to be seeing them. So the fact that they can still bring that energy and that spirit to their performance is, you know, that really says something. I mean, they can proudly take that stage and say, we've been doing this for 50 heavy metal years. Totally. That's why we're doing this, right? I mean, if this was some band that was declining and on their way out, I'm not sure I would have been nearly as excited to start a podcast. But the fact is, they're just showcasing that, hey, listen, heavy metal can keep going. You know, look, I mean, fucking Mick Jagger is still up there and he's older than my deceased grandparents. I don't know, no, man. rock and sure. roll and alcohol give you a certain, um, <laughs> it keeps you fresh. For sure. Oh, man. Well, hey, uh, that was a fun rant on Judas Priest Live. It sounds like we've all had some pretty cool experiences seeing them, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I I wish I could go back to the first time. Yeah. I was so excited to see them the first time. Oh, my gosh. Me, too. Now, I've talked yeah, about this on the Maiden. show before, but uh, Judas Priest was my first concert because oh, cool! I was, I think, 14 or so when Rob Halford reunited with Judas Priest. And I heard about it and I said, you know what? I want to see this. I want to be part of it. And hey, look what it turned into. Yeah, really. Yeah, dude. A That's lifetime awesome. of metal love. So listeners might have heard me uh, mention this before. I went to the Hell's Heroes Festival in Houston last month in April, and that was where I had the chance to meet Deb in person and say hi. And so, Deb, I'm uh, really thrilled that you agreed to come on the show because I wanted to ask you specifically, why ram it down, man? What made you do that song in particular? I got to know. I got to get the scoop. Um, Super badass. I mean, it was honestly so long ago. I don't remember why that one. But we said that one. We also used to cover Riding on the Wind. And we did a Juice Priest cover band once for Halloween and did like a shit ton of songs turbo lover electric eye breaking the law living after midnight you know all the classics yeah yeah listen um but ram it down like i you know it was our first album i think we were just trying to come out with a bang Mm. and um our label we put out our own vinyl 
but we had a French label put out our CD and he suggested like that would be something cool mm. to do on the CD, a cover. And we were like, really? Hmm. Okay. Like, sure. We'll do, we'll do it. Whatever. Yeah. Why not? Um, yeah. Like why not? It's a little um, bonus. Pay a little. And I love it. The, I love yeah. it. I love revisiting that song and totally forgetting about it and being yeah. like, Oh my God, it's so cool. Yeah, Ram It Down is so under the radar, and there are like a lot of reasons for it. I mean, for starters, it's on the Ram It Down album, which is not an album that gets a whole lot of talk. It's also never been played live after the Ram It Down tour. You know, that title track, it hasn't been played since 1988. Dude, there are so many good parts in that song. Well, yeah, that's that opening the thing. Scream I, I'll never know like why. A, Oh, my God. The, the opening yeah. scream really grabs you by the throat. And it's like, all right, you're coming with me. And that soccer chant, um, you know, at the end, it's just like, shout it out. So it's like fun. so good. It's so Ram good. it down is a f- like turbo and ram it down are fascinating studies in music industry politics because originally there was I'm sure most people know this. We've probably talked about it. Originally, turbo and ram it down were going to be part of a twin album release called Twin Turbo. And the record label just completely rejected that notion. And they said, you guys really should release these as separate albums. So it's interesting to see these two bizarro albums that only have like a handful of good songs between them. Like It's really, really interesting to me. But then I just need to stop you for a moment because you're you said a handful of good songs, but I, I must say turbo is one of my favorite albums mm, okay and i know that That's sounds new. crazy but dude like they're not alone bangers there are some bangers and it could come from my like weird love of like 80s cheesy fucking you know like um uh take these chains off i love fucking, that song oh my god it's so good private yeah, property yeah, yeah. Ooh, i love Dude, being a woman in metal and just singing that song, I'm like, <laughs> fuck you. And, um, oh my God, wait, I wrote down a couple other ones off that album because, hold on, let me look at my notes. Oh, Locked In? Oh, you can't argue with Locked In. You got in. me locked in. Oh, my you God. You can't argue with Reckless. Dude, either. Out in the Cold, too. Oh, my God, Out in the Cold. You just feel that song. You're like, oh, damn. Ooh. I don't yeah. want to say nothing about Been Out there. of the Cold right now because we're going to do that song next month and I'll save my thoughts. Oh, sure, sure, please. But know that I, I have strong feelings for it. Oh, so do I. Um, Yeah, so I do enjoy Turbo. Um, Did I at first? No. It's like um like watching White Hot American Summer. I didn't get that movie at first. I, I watched it for the first time. I went, this is fucking stupid as shit. And then I watched it a second time. And then a hundred times after that, because I was like, this movie is fucking hilarious. I don't know why it didn't click with me mm. immediately. I but felt I feel that like, that, was, like that. Yeah, I felt yeah. that way about Pulp Fiction for a long time until I watched it in its entirety. And I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. Totally right. It's not a movie that you like catch on TBS and like watch 15 minutes here and there. Exactly. Right, right, right. But yeah, so I feel like albums can be like that too. You listen to it for the first time. Even Firepower, I was like, I'm probably not going to be into this because it's new. You know, you just like, you're just like, I'm probably not. 
because uh, I wasn't that into no- Nostradamus, but I still saw the tour and like mm-hmm. wanted to support. Agreed. But dude, I jammed that firepower like every day. Yeah, every I'm still day. not sick of it. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! Some of those songs, I they give. I'm thinking like I'm getting goosebumps right now. Yeah, like, like they're just so good. Yeah, like fucking Necromancer is some next level shit. Oh my god, um, and it's weird because it takes you back. Um, and I know a lot of people say this, but to that painkiller era. Yeah. Where like you like like any doubts that I did have, I'm like they're gone. Yeah, straight up, but they're gone. Yeah, like, this is this is some fresh fucking shit, you know. Yeah, and firepower was such a treat. I'll never forget then George bringing it over to my house in 2018, and me just sitting there like being blown away by this. I was like, "This crazy, is incredible, so fucking good, so good." Can't agree more. So back to ram it down, and ram it down. Like you were saying, it's a weird album because. It has some songs that are turbo cast-offs, and then it has a little bit of stuff that was written just for like the Ram It Down album itself in a new writing session because some priest fans they hated turbo. Well, let's be honest, right. a lot of them did. Oh, right. And they wanted right, right, the right. course correct. And you might not believe this, but at the time, you know, the guys like Ian Hill, they would give interviews and say, This is our heaviest album yet. And we're only here with the context of looking back. Like we know what comes after. We know that painkiller would be a new creative revival for priest, but it's weird to think about. There was a very short period in history where Ram it down was considered the heaviest Judas priest album. Sure. It's weird to think about that now. Yeah, that is. I didn't know that. Melissa, who was on our last episode, brought up an interesting point that turbo was kind of a gateway album for guys to get their girlfriends to go to shows because apparently women <laughs> loved turbo. So, so was, funny. Yeah. I mean, and it kind of makes sense. It is much more of a party album, you know, yeah. kind of thing where yeah. like, you blast it on your speakers on the beach. Oh yeah. No, any I of think those they movies wanted... could have been in like the yeah. breakfast club or. Sure. You know what I mean? They like, wanted like, to be on MTV. They were pretty upfront about that. Yes, absolutely. So after Turbo, then came Ram It Down. And like, yeah, because of the whole people having a backlash against Turbo not being heavy enough, Ram It Down, they tried to go heavier. There was still a lot of glammy shit, but there were some genuinely really cool heavy songs, like the title track. Mm. Yeah, and the title track, you know, it's got like the super fast drums, the heavy guitars. I love the scales that Glenn Tipton yeah. has going on in the solo. Oh, yeah. Sounds solo like work classical. Is, it's so phenomenal. You know, just that's one thing you can always, always count on is regardless of how you feel about the quality of a priest album, you can always count on Glenn Tipton and KK Downing shredding just the most insane solos you've ever heard. And that solo is insane. It's yeah. so long and it's so all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that you chose to sort of spotlight this somewhat forgotten song and you hear it just like you said, and you wonder why the fuck is this song not more popular? For sure. And like you said, it's honestly because it got lost on this weird 
in between album, you know, where yep. they didn't really know what they were doing. They got a bunch of criticism. They had all these extra songs, like you said, that didn't make turbo. Mm. So now they're trying to fill in some space. And it was it was just an interesting, but they really did make up for it later on. Oh, of course. Yeah, like yeah. that debt has been repaid a thousandfold. Yes, yeah. yes. We many are cattle in debt to them now. Given. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like they actually like now they paid it back with interest. So now like 100. So now we owe them our undying devotion and loyalty until the end of time. So for sure, oh, 100%. Oh, this man. album is notable too because there's some. I'm 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 on the Wikipedia page for Ram It Down. And there's some interesting information about it, which is that Tom is that alone. Tom, it was his last album. It Tom. was his last album for 30 years, and then he came back to produce A Touch of Evil, the live album of mm. 2009, which is fantastic. And then, and then he came back for Firepower. Ah, interesting. Indeed. He so, might have been the secret ingredient for Firepower. Very well could have been. And that's kind wow. of what I'm getting at here is that Firepower obviously had something else going on. 100%. Yeah. yeah so Tom Allen, he produced all the 80s albums, yeah. like British Steel, Three Ram It Down, I believe. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and he's also worked with bands like Siren. I'm seeing. Um, I see Genesis on here, Def Leppard. He did On Through the Night. Yeah. Yeah. He was so, a part of their 80s success for sure. He produced yeah, a lot of crazy. Those, all, yeah. Like that entire run of classic 80s yeah. priest albums. And Ram It Down was the final one that he did. And going back to that same Ian Hill interview I read, they wanted to send him off with the heaviest album they'd made to date. Mm hmm. But I, I got to be honest, like he's kind of like their Bob Rock for like what Bob Rock is from Metallica, I think. Sure. Yeah. Nice. Nice uh, comparison. That's cool. There. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. it about judas priest that influenced you as a musician um i think honestly their ability to write awesome songs you know the singing the attitude the lyrical content they really set the bar for like literally the definition of heavy metal mm. um the music the look the words it everything was metal 
um, when I'm trying to write a super metal song, you know, like Metal Machine, something like that, like mm-hmm. off of Vulture's Amulet, I was just thinking about priests the whole time. Like, what would Rob say? You know, if he was writing a song called Metal Machine, oh, well, he would talk about, you know, coils getting super hot. And yeah. he would talk about, you know, this and that and, you know, no. use these words and, you know, just like a what would Jesus do? Yeah, he, what would he talk <laughs> about? He'd talk about ripping men apart. So Exactly, which is what I you love. You got to kill your R's. Ripping men apart. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I just wanted it to be badass and sound fast and ferocious yeah. and and you know you and because like when you understand like what metal is, that's how you start getting into those things. You know, like it's like a language. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. Absolutely. And like the DNA of priest is reverberated throughout the genre for fifty years. One hundred percent, and you see it in everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see some Halford in you yourself, Deb, just when you're playing live and the way that you're on the stage rocking out and you sort of capture the crowd with your charisma. Like, I see that in you as well. Thank you. That's a really nice compliment. Yeah, seriously. You, you, you fucking gentleman, you. Well, well I feel thing, like what's true. That's part of like the thing about us, right? Like, you can hear our albums and like you can listen to us like night and day. But I feel like you need to see us to get the the real experience because like it's about the connection that I feel like we all make during that moment when Mm. like the music is happening and the audience is like, you know, rocking out and I'm just like really connecting with everyone Mm. um, because I truly care. And like, I just feel like after people see us, they're just like, wow, oh my God, I get it. Like I get People have straight up been like, I get what you're doing. I'm like, do you? Because I'm like really trying to just like, um, just like Rob, dude, like to like reach out to people like through my music to connect and let everyone know that like we are all equals. Everyone is important. And like you have the ability to do whatever you want to do, you know, and I believe in your dreams and all this stuff because I know a lot of people like don't get to hear that. So for me, it's important when I have these like opportunities to be in front of a lot of people, I want everyone to know how important they are and how important their imprint is on the rest of the world every day. And I feel like that's kind of like something like, like Rob and Dio inspire me through those ways where I feel like they truly were people, people, they love people. You can tell by, if you follow Rob's Instagram, like he loves like supporting people and Yes. And sticking up for people and being um, an advocate for people. And that's something I want to do through my music as well. And they definitely inspire me in that way. That is amazing. so amazing, Deb. Like, fucking A. I love that. That's that's truly fantastic. Thanks. Yeah, right. I really there's, care. <laughs> yeah, there is no truer artistic expression than reaching out and trying to touch people with your creation. Yeah. And you see a lot of people talk about oh such and such is such a fantastic musician but it's rare that you hear about musicians where the thing you hear the most about is such and such is such a nice person and they're a positive voice in your community 
And I think right. Rob has that legacy. And I think it's so admirable that you're trying to cultivate that same message, like the positivity and inclusivity that the metal community should have. And I love that. That's great. Anyway, so listen, let's get to let's ram it down, yo. It's, um, what do you think ram it down means? Um, uh, <laughs> my... <laughs> Um, I maybe gardening. No, I was thinking like ramming cock down your throat. That's like for the first, like, (laughs) like, cause you know, my whole thing is like, it sounds sounds so sexual, like, doesn't it? Yeah. But maybe my interpretation is wrong, but that has always been like my thing. I'm like, Oh, Rob is definitely trying to ram something down someone. Well, listen, we're about to find out. Play this 100%. Okay. Doesn't that mm. intro just hit you like a ton of bricks? Yeah. You can't you can't not air guitar the whole time. Hell yeah, it was too. There is no fucking way Dave Holland is playing on this album. Uh, it's too perfect. You know, yeah. you know for a fact it's not real drums. Yeah, and that dude, like those even like those drum rolls are like probably faster than and more precise than he could have played them. Maybe there's a reason that they don't play the song live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we hell, really played it live. I mean, listen, even the solo uh, is exhausting. Scott Travis could play it. I bet he could. Yeah, I bet he could. Yeah. So wait, what is Ram It Down actually about? Because I always thought it was something that was overtly sexual. Or it certainly sounds like some sort of innuendo. Well, yeah, it's, you know, a pretty Stop. stock metal anthem to the fans. Yeah, yeah. But- You know, if you read a little deeper into it, you can find the innuendos. You know, that's classic something Halford was famous for. Yeah, of course. For sure. All right. So continuing. Right from the get-go, this song is furious. A lot of intense guitar work going on. And that note-perfect drum beat makes it real easy to bang your head to it. Hell yeah. Definitely. Uh, th- 
I kind of find it hard to believe that this song isn't on their set list because this is a real banger of a song and it's got such like awesome lyrics too. Like, you know, thousands of cars and a million guitars. Like how fucking cool is that imagery? That's why, like, I think that sometimes there really isn't a, a story behind the song. Like sometimes even when you listen to Dio songs, right? Like, you're like yeah. Tiger in his stripes. What? Like it doesn't <laughs> matter yeah. because it just goes together. It's just in the song. Like sometimes I just feel like um, songs are just a bunch of words put together, and it just is perfect, you know. But yeah. there might be a back. Yeah. There might be a backstory to it, or it might just be something that he put together. Because the song has nothing to do with cars or guitars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you know, but hey, you know, it's all in, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a song. It's like, I here's two songs I can't fucking figure out what they're about. Holy Diver's one of them. No clue what that song Dang. is supposed to That's actually be about. 100%. Africa by Toto. Love what it. the fuck is that song about? Isn't it about Isn't it, isn't it so good, though? I'm, I, I mean, like... Like tangentially, because it mentions Africa, but like if you listen to the lyrics, it's like what is supposed to be happening, but no one no, cares it's because it's, it's just it's such so a good, good song that like right. I such think people are willing to suspend their judgment on that because the song is it's hard not to get lost in both of those songs. Totally, here's what I think, what I think. and Deb, I think you hit on this when you said not every song needs to be a story in the lyrics sometimes a song is just a vibe and i think 100 the words yes. combine to something where it's not really telling a cohesive story but it is giving a cohesive feeling to you mm -hmm. as a listener where you hear it and it's just like oh, okay there's some positivity there's some triumph there's camaraderie Power. yeah yep yep like all the oh, like 100 percent it's yeah, like people talking about tattoos tropes. what does yeah. that tattoo mean mm. it's just a picture of a strawberry <laughs> it's like it's a strawberry you know like yeah. I feel, so like there's not a story behind every tattoo sometimes i feel like there might not be a story behind every song but again we don't know yeah so listen to this raise the sights the city lights are calling we're hot tonight the time is right there's nitro in the air in the street is where we'll meet. We're warning on the beat. We won't retreat. Beware. Uh, that's verse one. I don't know what the sounds like a going fight. on, but it at the end like of the day, like you said, whatever. Yeah. But with like heavy metal, instead of like everyone coming in, like snapping and dancing, everyone's coming in with a Fender Strat and they're just ready starting to and, roll. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. There's a lot of them. It's a million guitars, bro. And <laughs> if there's a million guitars, you could also reasonably surmise there are a million amps to go with them. Okay. Wait. So that's going to take up space and maybe double okay. stacks. We don't no, even I hope so. Think about that. Oh, two Marshall stacks is like, oh, my God. And listen, thousands of cars. And a million guitars. Okay, I'm the accountant here. Just do the a lot of metal. Every one yeah. of those cars has to be carrying at least a fuck ton of guitars, like dozens <laughs> of them, right? Yeah. How are you going to fit a million guitars into just thousands of cars? How many thousands? They're not being specific enough for my liking. That's my rant. Yeah, like I think probably Amazing. a more apt lyric might have been, um, you know, 
millions of cars and a thousand, thousand guitars. Guitar. That's yeah. way oh, more well, Then why are all those people yeah. showing up in their cars without bringing guitars? What the fuck are they contributing to this party? Oh my I, god, I mean, listen, that is man, so I think funny. This is why I'm I'm I kind of subscribe to Deb's theory. This song may not be about anything. It's just a bunch <laughs> no, of words strung together. It's just a song about having a good fucking time rocking about heavy metal at the end yeah, of the man. day. I mean, like, what more could you ask for? So funny. Yeah. All right. All right. On to the next part. Yes, sir. Oh my god that little chorus yeah it inspired that inspired like every single dragon force chorus ever written isn't that so much fun yeah man like who wouldn't want to sing that why don't they play this this out you guys i just had an epiphany i think i I know what please i know what the song is about okay do share it is about bringing heavy metal music to the masses yes dude they're I ramming a, it down they're ramming yeah, like, down heavy metal yeah. down their fucking throats yeah, you are they're literally like shouting out we are together now like like all of them go. rolling in hot ready to rock the, the millions of cars thousand guitars like they're like we are this is heavy metal yeah it's i oh kind of got that sense too when I got you're that a big that, like and everyone's ready to just be together and have a great fucking time as a group, like a yeah. family of metalheads. Yeah. And you're showing up to the city with like devastation in your hands. Yeah, they weren't showing up ready to fight West Side Story. They were showing up ready to rock. Yeah. Like taking over a city, like being like, all right, we're here. Like we're ramming our music down your throats because like, no, you know, heavy metal was so taboo too throughout certain times you know yeah and it's always been it's always been abrasive and confrontational and very bold and this is a perfect exemplification of that 100 story and a message that priest has told time and time again like we were talking about with you've got another thing coming and that was sort of their anthem like we're here metal's here to stay and fast forward six years later and we've got ram it down which is saying pretty much the same thing mm-hmm. we're a fucking family and a brotherhood as metalheads but in a much faster and heavier setting for sure 
was gonna say, how much influence do you think Priest has had on like power metal? Oh, probably a lot. Yeah, right. Like, because I, I always had that like hunch that a lot of power metal bands took their cues from Priest. Vocally, for sure, you yeah. can trace all those vocalists back to the line of Rob Halford. Even like all the dual guitar soloing and things like that, you know, our guitar player just went up on stage with Dragon Force. Dragon oh, Force. Through it. Yeah, he came through everyone's town and they hit up some like of the local shredders or whatever. And we're like, hey, do oh, you want to get on stage with Dragon Force and like shred or whatever? Uh, so he got to do like a uh, soloing with Gus G who's from oh, Firewind. So cool. Gus G incredible. Yeah. And like both of the dudes from fucking Dragon Force. So we got like these backstage passes. I went with him for like morale. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, it was so fun. And he had a really good time. He's like a really shy guy and he didn't want to do it. And I like forced him to do it to like nice. break him out of his comfort zone. And, Cause That's I was like, so good for the vocal. You'll want scene. that memory, you know, Yeah, yeah. like playing You'll... with Gus G and dragon force. Hell yes. Come on. Yeah. And he was like, Gus G has played so with Ozzy. you're so totally. Now, Adam is only one degree removed from Ozzy. Andy Adams, his brother. Oh, whoops. So now Andy is only one degree removed from Ozzy. If he's played with Gus G and Gus G has played with Ozzy. Bring that up next time because yeah, we didn't really. like think about the one degree away, but we definitely knew he played. He's like, dude, he plays with Ozzy. I was like, whoa, yeah, I don't know. Uh, he has a crazy. He has just like one of those names, Gus G. Yeah, Gus G. <laughs> just like G. G. Yep. G. <laughs> that guy's the man, though. He is a tremendous guitar player. Just absolutely. I fucking hate how good he is at guitar. He's incredible. So precise. And on that subject, I think we're about to listen to a fucking incredible Judas the Priest solo. guitar solo yes. from Mr. Tipton. Here we go. Here we go. How fucking good is that solo? So good. First of all, it's long as hell. Like, holy shit. That's why they don't play it live, honestly. Like, Mm. it's that's really difficult. Like, do you know how many times it took, even in the studio, to get that solo down? Like, I know, like, it's for a recording, so you put more time into it. But, like, it was, that is an exhausting solo, even listening to it. I was air soloing and I had to, I had a break. <laughs> I, I took a break because I was like, I'm, yeah, I'm tired. It's insane. So for the record, it starts out KK, then goes to Glenn, 
then right. KK, then Gwen. So they trade yes. twice. And then at the end, they're both harmonizing, which so is friggin' sweet. Yeah. So this so is good. people talk a lot about Judas Priest with the whole trading solos thing. And you get a lot of it here. And then you get to hear them both together at the end. So mm. at first it sounds like they're trying to outdo each other. They're clashing. But then at the right. end, they come together to work as a unit. And I like that whole sort of fighting and then reconciling. Do you know what I'm getting at? Totally. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, it, it's the theatrics of the music. Yeah, they really sound like they're trying to outdo and one-up each other, especially there. Like, oh, you could play a crazy solo? I could play a crazy solo. You think that's totally. good? No, hear this now. For sure, 100%. Then what do you have to say about that solo, dude? That fucking rules. like no really though because no for sure yeah you know and that's the thing too that's a really long what i can tell you is that it is certainly complex and he is employing a lot of different types of scales and arpeggios in there couldn't tell you what kind exactly right because it first goes kk then glenn then back and forth and then they harmonize at the end it's like a sort of Oh, you can do that? Well, check out what I can do. I can do this. Yeah, man. Like their guitar battles are legendary for a reason. It's really, it's funny because like for the, for a long time, I thought that Painkiller had to be a twin guitar solo, like two people trading off and it's not it's all Glenn Tipton. But in this case, you can like, you know, Tipton and Downing have two very distinct, easily identifiable styles. Right. And it works yep. so well on this track well then let's send this track home guys okay sounds good Bang, just as it began. Great ending. Yeah. Thought I had no so good. Kind of gives me um lightning strike vibes. It kind of like you hear similar oh, so pattern. Good. Yeah, that song's incredible. Yeah. It's kind of a cold oh. ending. It's a cold ending because it's still kind of going at full speed. The whole racing yeah. through the ground, and then boom, song ends. It's yeah. When, you're driving and you just notice it's a red light. Then it's like, oh shit, break. Yeah. And like, it ends on like a, quite literally a high note and it began on one as well. For sure. 
bookends. I call it bookending. That's right. That's right. Hey, that I like that. I, I wow, I can't believe that literally just occurred to me. It's like, oh, bookending. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not the. I'm not the fastest uh, animal. In the <laughs> oh, pack. I just made it. No, I just made it up. I've never oh. heard that before. <laughs> bookending. Watch a lot of. I, I'm going to use that. I hope you don't mind. Drag race. So I'm like, just, I feel like I'm quick on my toes. Yeah. I see it. I fucking see it. Uh, I'm certainly not. (laughs) Oh man. Uh, Dev, you seem like a lot of fun. So this is actually kind of funny. We were going to go to this guy's, uh, this guy's bachelor party. We were going to do a trip to Denver the same weekend. The metal immortal festival is going on in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. But, but we're actually moving the trip back because the fucking plane tickets were outrageously expensive. Yeah. So I might, in fact, be free that weekend to get cool. the medal. Oh, hell yeah, would, dude. Like you would be a lot of fun to smoke a blunt with. Yes, obviously. <laughs> I can see that. God damn, another, another festival you're going to without me. Unbelievable. Oh, you've got like some mid- nerve. Like taking a day trip to Pittsburgh. Eh, I wouldn't mind. Oh, or a weekend trip. Pittsburgh's pretty cool. I went last year. Shit, man. Might not be bad. You know what? I'll get back to you on that one. Yeah. I went to Pittsburgh for the first time last year uh, with my wife. Very nice. So we're baseball nuts and we are trying to go to a baseball game at every team's stadium. So we did a little road trip. Uh, last year, we went to Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh. Very nice. And Pittsburgh, we just found out, is such a nice city with a lot of cool shit to do. Mm. Uh, and the Botanical Garden is gorgeous. It's amazing. Yeah, I grew up here. I never left just because it's an awesome town. For work recently, um, we did an OTR. We were in Philadelphia. And Philadelphia is a beautiful city. Tell me how me and my guys did not think to get cheesesteaks while we were there. Mm, a very poor decision. Extremely, because we went to Shake Shack instead, and it was fucking terrible. Damn, dude. Yeah, I know. Yeah, not one of, I, I told you, not the fastest animal in the pack. Not your proudest <laughs> moment. Certainly hey, not. As, as long as we learn from our mistakes. That's, hey, well, that's, all, that's it. There that's we all go. about, you know. There, as long as you learn, there you go. You know you what? Be, you can't get mad at yourself about making mistakes. It's about yeah. if you learn from them. Yeah, well, that's exactly like what my philosophy is. It's like, you know, a good friend of mine, uh, Rob Robinson, once said that. Um, his that's real why name is call, Rob Robinson? His real name was Rob His Robinson. name is Joey McJojo. <laughs> no he told me that's why we call it an accident and not an on purpose there you go you have a way of phrasing things tom you really do thank you Uh, the guys at work the guys at work certainly get a kick out of it oh man well uh hey guys let's get in some wrap-up thoughts on the song ram it down I still think what I thought before after listening to it again and talking with you guys about it for a while, still love it. I think I'm going to have to give Ram it down a shot because, you know, Deb, I tell this to everyone is that I am, I am not familiar with priests entire discography and part of getting involved with this podcast was so that I could explore it more thoroughly. So this is definitely making me want to really give Ram it down what it deserves. Yeah, you're here, brother. Here I am. 
Yeah, to give the most positive opinion I can, I'll say the same thing about Ram It Down as I say about Turbo. There are some great songs, and I'm not going to claim that every song on those albums is great, but try to judge the songs individually because there are some really fucking cool gems. Ram It Down also has Blood Red Skies. There's also Heavy Metal, which will just get caught in your head and is really catchy. There's some good shit on that album. So there's some not good shit too, but you have to hear it and make up your own mind. And that's exactly what I, I plan agree. to do. I agree. Nice. Well, hey, this was a real great chat. Deb, where can the listeners catch up with Lady Beast? You can catch up with Lady Beast on Facebook, on Instagram. And, you know, if you're in the Pittsburgh area, always keep an eye out because sometimes we play locally. And everyone should look into my festival called Metal Immortal Fest this June 24th and 25th. Very cool. Uh, Super DIY, supporting the underground type of shit. People are the way that these things can stay happening. So by people showing up, that is like the best way you can help the music scene. So yes thank you thank you guys also for taking the time to talk about music and bring people on and help spread the word about the band it's Hell very yeah. um i appreciate it greatly we appreciate you coming on to our show it has been a blast talking to you about this you are welcome back on anytime yeah, yeah. and now i appreciate it and now that you mentioned metal immortal can i take like two or three extra minutes to just get out a thought that i had these sort of like festivals folks where a group of like 10 bands from the same genre all meets up for one jam-packed fun-filled day this is like the future of our genre post-covid because the way that tours used to be where a band would go out to all 20 or 30 major cities on one side of the country That's really getting very hard with the way that COVID is, you know, you schedule 30 tour dates, someone tests positive for COVID halfway through the whole thing's fucked. You lose a bunch of money. Totally. Bands are double the cost they used to be to rent. Gas is two times the cost it used to be. So there's also all these other like causes that go into it too. Yeah. The festival thing is growing. I'm seeing new ones pop up. I'm hearing about, Stormbringer that's happening up in mm-hmm. Massachusetts. I'm hearing about legions of metal in Chicago. And it's great to get out and support your local music scene to make sure that these sort of fun festivals can happen again next year and the year after. 100%. Very insightful, George, as always. Yeah. Well, that out of the way, I want to thank you one more time. And we're definitely going to play out the episode with one of your songs whatever you prefer so whatever you feel like um poison path sounds great all right then. wonderful well it's been a blast everyone have a great weekend and listeners you know how to get in touch with us thanks so much again you're welcome deb send us out stay locked in and keep defending the faith